IEPs, paperwork, goals, present levels, evaluations, progress reports, other reports, collecting data, progress monitoring, teaching. Special education teachers are buried in all the things that they have to do. Today, let's talk about how to progress monitor IEP goals to make life a little bit easier when progress report time comes around. Welcome to Reaching Struggling Learners, episode 33. Last week, we talked about teaching our IEP goals. Now we're going to talk about some easy ways to collect that data and, you know, report that progress. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Last week, we talked about different obstacles special education teachers have to overcome in order to actually, you know, work and teach on the IEP goals. It seems more than a little weird that special ed teachers have to work so hard just to get to do what their job actually entails. Though we all know that those are just some of the obstacles the special ed teachers overcome every year. One very time-consuming activity that we all have to deal with is finding ways to collect data on those goals that we have spent so much time writing. When we don't collect that data over the course of the quarter, it really bites us in the butt at progress report time, right? So this time around, let's get in good shape to collect that data and be ready next time progress reports roll around. If you're anything like me, progress report time is killer. Just trying to, first of all, find all the data, compile it all in one pile, and making comments and doing the, figuring out the averages and the percentiles and all these things, it just is so stressful. And I, I, I hate progress report time. I, I know how my kids are doing. I just want to be able to call up the parents and tell it, you know, explain what's going on. But no, we have to do all the things we have to document, document everything, of course. So when I'm preparing to collect data on IEP goals, I like to start with breaking my goals into three categories, daily living skills, executive functioning and behavior, and then academic. To collect data for daily living skills, I just use a tracker um, in which I I write the goal and use a plus or minus symbol to track the instances. So for example, if the goal is, you know, to wash hands after using the restroom without prompting, I'll use a minus on the sheet if I needed to prompt the student or a plus if they're really successful in it. Um, Every once in a while, I'll put kind of like a check mark if it's, you know, I used a a different kind of prompt, like maybe um, instead of always having to use a verbal prompt, I this one time was able to just kind of point to the visual right there and the kiddo, you know, got the hint and did what they needed to do. But I try to make all those that data collection as simple as possible 
so that I'm not having to write anecdotal notes because ain't nobody got time for that. And I use that same process for feeding goals, toileting goals, any life, daily life living skills. Um, I'll link to my data tracker in the show notes. It's a freebie that I made a while ago, but I, I use it quite often. Uh, so make sure you, you know, check that out, download that so that you can get started in easy data tracking. Uh, again, I I want to encourage, you know, if you're trying to do like instances, count how many times a student, you know, points to a, a certain visual to, to get your attention or something like that. Just use instead of doing like tally marks, which a lot of people do, just put a little dot, literally just put a dot in it. And then you can, it's really easy to count that up at the end of the day. And then you're not trying to figure out, you know, your tally marks and fitting them all in a box and all that stuff. Dots are so much easier. I got that from my wonderful speech and language friend. So for behavior executive functioning skills, data tracking is very similar to what I just said. I tend to track those over the course of the week, though, instead of the day, you know, because obviously daily living skills is daily, you know, behavior. I didn't look at the whole week. Uh, and I'll give that the, the data tracker sheets to my gen ed teachers. And also, if I have aides in the room, I give it to them so that everybody can be tracking the data. And I like to see how the student looks from different perspectives. I know that sounds a little weird and all that, but it, it, it very much tells me if I tend to see that the student is 40% successful when they're working with me, but in gen ed, they're 60%, obviously I need to be looking in the gen ed classroom and see what's the difference. How can we get more success with me? Or maybe the data isn't quite as accurate. So it, it's good to be able to, to compare and contrast. So for example, if the goal is for the student to write their homework in their planner, uh, when prompted in whole group, right? The teacher could check when she walks around, you know, and see if the student needs additional prompts. Put a minus sign for the day if the kiddo needs more prompts. If he could do it on the first try, wonderful, plus sign, done. I really like to collect gen ed teacher data weekly so that they know that I'm looking at it and expecting to see some results over time. I like to talk to them so that they know that, hey, I'm really working on X skill, so that hopefully they're also reinforcing it in their classrooms. My behavior tracking, it's, it's the same. The teacher or, you know, the, or I, depending on who it is, maybe the aide, might mark a plus sign when a student uses a break card. Uh, or, you know, you could go back to the dots that I talked about earlier. If it's something that happens, like they raise their hand without calling out, hopefully it's dots because, you know, you're, they're doing it pretty consistently. But I mean, it's, there's lots of options out there. At the end of the week, I figure out the success rate and I just put that in my goal tracker. I'll talk next week about how I use my goal tracker, but I will say that it has saved my but several times when I've been called into like those last minute angry parent meetings wanting to know why their child failed algebra or biology. And when I can just pull up a graph really quickly because my goal tracker graphs everything for me. Thank goodness. I can pull up a graph that says exactly what's been going on with that student week after week after week that 
Maybe the student has never written down the homework, you know, which is kind of typical for my algebra students. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they're not raising their hand. They haven't asked a question in four weeks. Those kinds of things have really saved my rear end in meetings. For academic goals, obviously data tracking looks different based on the skill, the grade level, what's going on. For letter or sight word or number identification, those fluency-like things, I like to use my progress monitoring sheets and materials so that my data collection, it looks the same over time. Yes, my sheets that I'm writing my things, you know, on look the same, which helps me tremendously. But also, if the things that you're showing the student always look very similar, like they have the same font or they they have um, fairly similar layout, that kind of stuff, it helps the kiddos to really get past the, the testing, the assessment aspect of it. They get used to it. And then you really get down to assessing what their actually what what their knowledge level is, which is you know kind of the point in all this. Uh, I I just I really like it having it all be ready to go, and it helps me to get keep things organized. The students just they're they're more comfortable with that the a format and what's going on. Um, so yeah, I I like when everything is organized and it looks similar so that I'm not, you know, mixing up my worksheets with what my assessment needs to be. Whatever way you choose to collect your academic data, obviously, I want to strongly suggest that you collect the assessment pieces before you begin so that you have them ready as you go through the year. Um, My second year of teaching, I think it was, I uh, did not do this, Um, didn't do that actually for a while, but uh, I ended up just kind of pulling assessment information as I went, you know, just assessment pieces. And I can't tell you how many times I accidentally used uh, what I'd planned to be an assessment piece as a worksheet or something like that. So the kiddo got more help than they needed from the aid or less help than they needed or it all it was just a mess and it it really reflected poorly in my data that I had to present so I that's that was the point where I really started pulling all my my assessments together and I tried to get them standardized I know that that term kind of makes everybody want to throw up because of standardized testing but I try to get all of my assessments whatever I'm going to do to look very similar so that again then there's not this big change in the assessment and it it puts the kid off their game and all that but also then I can get them all copied I can get them prepared ahead of time and I'm not scrambling to find things to use for data collection and I mean yeah the students are just more comfortable with the format over time. I know it sounds a little odd but over the years it has it, it really changing up the look of the assessments can just like randomly can really throw a wrench in how students look at the assessment. And it really does. It's weird. It impacts their performance a lot more than I would have thought. If you're looking for a system for data collection, I've linked my progress monitoring resources in the show notes. Um, I've used them for years. They just make my life so much easier, which is why, you know, I added them to TPD for others to use. Also, don't forget to download that free data collection tracker to try out. Like, seriously, 
super helpful. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about how I set up my caseload manager, which holds all my IEP information, my data collection, and like I said, it graphs it for me. And that's also how I really quickly make IEP snapshots. And that's where I get my progress reports from. Like literally, I just print off my graphs and my progress reports are basically done for me. So I love that thing. It has been a huge lifesaver, especially around progress report time. So be sure to tune in next week. In the meantime, I want to thank you for listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, episode 33. I'd love for you to leave a comment, uh, send me a message on Instagram at Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm, I'm over there. Uh, and then until next time, may your coffee be strong, your goals easy to track, and your students making progress. Bye. <laughs>